Hello and welcome to another edition of the US MLR show through the 99s Rugby podcast. As my friend Bruce Springsteen is always banging on about, he was born in the USA. This league has been born in the USA. We haven't been born in the USA, but we know a damn sight about rugby and we're going to go through the games, tell you how it went and talk about next week's fixtures as well. Hope you enjoy it. David, good round of MLR action, I believe, buddy. It was a shortened weekend, just the four games. So I was couple teams on a bye week. Um, but a bit tighter of a week, less points on show, um, but competitive games, definitely. Um, and yeah, a couple of tight finishes, squeaky bum time, you might say, for some teams. Indeed. It was, well, it was, the, it was the first round of the sort of cross-divisional games, wasn't it? So a lot more travelling. So maybe those stronger teams are struggling on the road a little bit longer. The bigger journey, it's always more difficult. I mean, America's a massive uh, country, the States anyway, so it's, you know, it's difficult to perhaps have that same sort of uh, continuity. Whereas if you're travelling from sort of Leicester to an away game at Exeter, say, for example, it's quite a big journey in the UK. That's probably not even the size of <laughs> New York to Philadelphia. So, yeah. It's, it's a real sort of interesting one, isn't it, really, that um, these big games have come in for, you know, the infrastructure is not quite there in terms of all the, the plushities that maybe you get in the NFL and stuff like that for these guys. So these away journeys were always going to be more difficult for them. But uh, yeah, interesting how close it was. We expected a couple more maybe blowouts for the away teams, but um, pretty good performances all round, really. But uh, yeah, I think um, obviously you get this roundup going straight away because I don't think there's a lot for us to say about this game, LA yet again winning pretty comfortably um, against the uh, against the guys from DC. Uh, but the interesting thing about this game was it was the first time that uh, a selected crowd was allowed in at the Los Angeles Coliseum. So I believe friends and family were allowed in small numbers to watch uh, the uh, Guiltinis dismantle the uh, Old Glory. Yeah, that was... Um, it's nice to see some fans there. It gives it... I think, like you said, the Guiltinis, I think they are the kind of brand and team that could draw a decent crowd. I know California is quite a rugby stronghold in America as it is. Um, mm. So hopefully they could attract a decent following. And so when it's all, you know, no restrictions, you know, a good few thousand in there, I imagine they won't sell it out because it's fucking massive. But, you know, if they could get 10, 15, 20,000 there, that would be really, really good. Um, in terms of the game, it was kind of, a bit just more of the same, just Los Angeles, just dominance, wasn't it? They were, um, it just looked really, really good. Uh, the it was sort of all of the the imports, the the, uh, the big names really turned up today, uh, yesterday, sorry, or Saturday, actually. <laughs> uh, Adam Ashley Cooper, big hand in the first try, got over the line himself. Um, who else? Van der Merthe got two. Um, what's his face? Matt Gitto, the biggest name in the team, which I forgot. He got over the line as well. Um, they just they do look just a class above. Um, it's almost looks almost easy for them, and it kind of a similar thing. First half they're blowing them away, and then in the second half they kind of, I guess, put off the gas. But yeah. they were they were, again were very very good, and I mean. It's hard, old glory DC. They took a three 0 lead, so they were probably happy with that. But um, you've just got you see them, and you think they're probably not even playing badly. And it's just they just can't compete. They are a very good team, Los Angeles. Yeah, you know DC have obviously gone and put in a shift. But again, we we sort of mentioned that long away trip. That is literally the 
whole width of the country kind of journey for them you know we, we don't know what day they got in there maybe if they not had as much time to sort of acclimatize to that you know post journey the jet lag and stuff because like, there is a difference in time zone as well across the united states which we know about so that may have had a little impact but i don't think that kind of thing is too much of a lean on for this result you know la are just far and above better than anyone else and deservedly 30 point winners and looking at the predictions from last week um we both predicted an LA bonus point win. No surprise. Went with the the bookie line. Um, so, yeah, well done us. Good good start in the predictions well, there. And again, well good performance for LA. Well, well done LA. Showing our expertise in picking the obvious win. Uh, I've got a couple of good shout outs this week though. Uh, shout out to JP Smith, the Gotini's loose head. A he got over the line for a little classic prop try, crashing over from about three meters. But then also, a uh, man after my own heart, a prop with a kicking game, puts in a little stab through, and uh, and I think Van der Merwe capitalised and they, and they score from it. Um, so, and bold moves, like 50 metres out, he just gets in the line and just drops it on his toe and grubbers it along the ground into some space. Impressive. And also, the the, um, the guy who's the commentator for that network out in, in LA is unreal. He uh he regularly referred to Vandermeer as the Tiger King when he scored his second you know, cow basket eat your heart out. And when Ashley Cooper made a break for the first try, he went, Adam Ashley Cooper, he's been playing since the days of the fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to find out his name and uh, give him a real shout out because he was he was an excellent commentator, but a yeah, very again convincing win for Los Angeles as we expect. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, just next on my list here, New England versus San Diego. Um, our guys played on uh, the earlier kickoff, I guess, 5.30 Eastern time it was. Pretty um, pretty comfortable win for the Free Jacks, going 33-17 away at San Diego. So again, another massive journey, but... The jet lag did not seem to be an issue for the Free Jacks. They run out comfortable winners, got a bonus point away from home. Yeah, um, the players at the Coliseum as well. It's like they had like a double header in Los Angeles, which was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and so this was the earlier kickoff. I guess maybe you got a select crowd. You've got four teams playing. You get a few more people in. Um, New England, they dominated really. Uh, Dougie Fife got a double, scored twice. He looked very, double very good. Dougie. Yeah. Um, and they just were the better team. I think San Diego just they couldn't really get a lot going. And it was just a fence on top, and then they capitalised their mistakes. Their tries were, were all very good, actually, for for uh, New England. I say Dougie Five's the first try of the day actually was a, a good slick move, and then they also had some some malls, a really good rolling mall to go over. And San Diego, they were I guess it was kind of huff and puff. They got a couple, they got a late try. Or a couple of late tries to sort of salvage a bit more of a respectable score, but I think they were well and truly second best, um, unfortunately. Cecil Africa, obviously 15 on his shirt, seemed to slot in at 10 quite a lot, which was interesting. The man looks like he's full of class, but I guess, you know, he's only one man. Like you said, you can't, one man can't really affect a game that well, but um, yeah, he, yeah, I just think you can tell the talent's there in him. Yes, San Diego just, just don't seem to be able to to play off that much. I think they 
no disrespect to Cecil, I think he's going to make those breaks and, and he has done for them. And he's actually been on the end of a couple of few tries and set a few up in broken plate. But that's where he's going to be good at fullback. He's going to have the opportunity to maybe step up on the short side where those kind of attributes are going to be better. I think they need a bit of like a, a guy of the Johnny Sexton kind of mould, a bit of a sort of, you know, boring by the numbers fly half who's really good skills and can control a game really well. Because whilst it's great that they've got, yeah, Africa who could be explosive and step in at that first receiver spot, a game that does not win. Moments it creates, tries it creates, but... And you can see that they've scored 17 points. So, they've, you know, they've got a couple of scores on the board, but it doesn't win a game overall. And this is the kind of thing that I said about um, the Sabercats the other week. They they don't seem to have that kind of control either at five half at times. So you need that kind of guy who's going to control the game. Obviously, LA have the likes of Gitto and Carty to bring into that, that shape. And and other teams have those quite good options at fly half as well. So maybe it's it's somewhere where San Diego need to look at for their recruitment ahead of next season because they were one of the stronger teams in MLR in the first couple of seasons. And now they look like they're going to struggle to maybe get anywhere near a playoffs. But I don't mm-hmm. think a playoffs an option for them. I think the playoffs probably a bit of a step too far now for them. But our guys at New England, that is going to throw a little bit of an interesting uh, sprinkling on the Eastern Conference yet again because they'll be in and around that, that spot again now. Yeah, definitely. And... Um... Two in a row for them. It's two, and it's important because so they're a team that we've sort of talked about as a bit of a nearly side. Um, so for them to go away, obviously, again, it's the length and breadth of the country to get from uh, Boston down to well, Los Angeles in this case. But you know, it's an away game, about as far as you can go. They um, and they they really point out that they look really really good. Um, they you know they they turned up. They like I say, they were just the best every facet of the game. Uh, up front and then in, in the backs attacking and it was a couple of late tries for San Diego make it look a bit more respectable but I think if it was end up, if it, it finished like 33-3 um, I don't think you could really say that was you know a, a, what, a, what wouldn't wasn't a fair reflection um, San Diego outclassed uh, speaking of the Houston Conference the only all conference game of the weekend a game of two halves down in the bayou well, well, hold on, Dave. Let me just stop you there just for one second, because don't don't try and escape this. I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to get away, right, to protect yourself and the fans from hearing about you being on the ropes a little bit here. But predictions for that last game, Dave, you went San Diego, bonus point win. What a fool you look now, sir. What a fool you look now. As I followed my boys from New England, I actually said no bonus point. I thought that journey would be too much to get a BP, so... I'm wrong in that sense, but I'm right in the result of the game, David. So that puts me a 2-1 ahead, a due uno at this stage. So you may continue now. Oh, thank you so much, Daniel, for uh, pointing out to the listeners at home that I have may may have put myself in a bit of a problem, in a bad position this week. Um, but yeah, like I say, down in the bayou, Toronto versus New Orleans. Mm. Um, Toronto looked dead on for the win in the first half, 14 nil up in complete control. Um, uh, looked pretty good. Um, Manuel uh, what is it? Montero, I think his name is Argentinian winger, looked like an absolute boss on the wing, crashed over for one big, big guy for a winger. He's tall, mm. um, very. It's a good athletic player. Allegedly, his nickname is La Pantera, which, if my rudimentary Spanish is any good, means the Panther. Um, 
But yeah, Toronto looked in complete control of that game. And then the second half came around um, and it was all, well, about 15 minutes in the second half, New Orleans flipped the switch and uh, King Creole and his lads, 22 unanswered points. Um, and no one to take the win at home. Again, proving it's a tough place to go and play. Um, I think Toronto got to be disappointed though. To, to have the game in that, in control the way it did and then let it slip was uh yeah you've got to well, be upset yeah well as we know uh rob howley decides all the uh tactics for the game by rolling dice and attributing the number to uh to the outcome um so he's obviously gone in at half time there and gone we're firmly ahead lads we probably shouldn't change anything but i love a gamble and he's rolled <laughs> the dice and for some reason, it's suggested that they go out there and, uh, and and change their tactical approach, and it's not paid off for them. But that's why they call it gambling, Dave. Yeah, true. You know, I'm not sure what else there was to gain from gambling. They're already ahead and well in control of the Sorry. game. But then we go. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, um, Rob. Just yeah. It's the fifth week in a row we have. Uh... <laughs> it's a theme, Dave. This is what the fans come for. They come for themes. They like being yeah. comfort. It's like a catchphrase, you know. They don't watch. Uh, they don't watch their TV shows. They're not here. The, their favorite character utter out the the standard catchphrase. True. Um, um, Forty hours is just picking on a man's integrity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I don't know. I've, I've said it before. Damien Stevens, Namibian international at scrum half for, for Nola. He come off the bench, turns it around. I think he he looks to me like a real class act. And I'm surprised I don't start him every week because well, do you know if he's carrying number? an issue. Or yeah. what? But he looks just always. He looks so lively whenever I've seen him play, and he did the same. Got I think he got on the score sheet this week. He, you know, kicked the goals that got him over the line. I guess and just looked lively. He looks like a handful to play against. Maybe he's just. I know sometimes teams like that kind of game management nine to start off, and then bring on like the flair guy at the end. Obviously, England used to do that with Ben Youngs, then bring Danny Kerr on. And if that's their approach, but he just looks like he's a really good player. Well, I think one thing that Nola have got as well is a really strong scrum. They've got a really good like scrum set, which is which is interesting, like and gives someone like him a really good platform to do their best work. But as we know, the scrum is so important to rugby of any level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Nola have got well then it seems like they've just, you know, played off that a little bit in the second half. And yeah, I mean, you don't go down to the gold mine and get an easy game and, and Toronto, you know, all credit to them. They've come away with with nothing in the end, sadly. You know, they've not even got a BP out of that yeah. game. So that's a that's a difficult blow for them to take in the Eastern Conference, as you say, that's like a kind of like a six pointer, you know, like a relegation yeah, six pointer. As we call um, it, buddy, that because they've that's Nola back up towards the top end of the Eastern Conference now. I think that conference is going right down to week week sixteen. So I think I so. can't wait to see how it keeps going. It's really I mean, exciting. Like, I think you say a six pointer. It's a real paradigm shifter, if you will, in that conference because Toronto had that sort of runaway freight train momentum to begin with blew New York away last week um, and then you come in they start so well and then to have that sort of stopped in their tracks and then turned over again it's a tough trip um, down in uh, down in New Orleans but yeah credit to, to Nola for turning them over but again that now Nola back in the the, uh, the top end of that, that division it's going to be tight we said it every week but it's going to be tight there and last but not least, the the late game of the weekend. So last night, the reason why we're recording this morning, really, so we could have, we thought, why not with it being bank holiday, day off work, we can take the uh, extra time. 
a bit of a ding dong at the Starfire Sports Complex in Seattle. Um, Rooney, Rooney getting an away win, uh, beating the Seawolves 23 21, the closest game the Seawolves have had for a little while. They've been blown out in the recent weeks, they've struggled really badly, but yeah, at home. They uh, sort of bit back a little bit. Uh, you know, wolves, they bite, you know. A little bit of a tie in there, Dave. Uh, but the guys from New York have, have done their probably biggest away journey themselves and uh, come away with an away win, which, again, is going to be vital for their standing in the Eastern Conference, eh? Yeah, important they got the win after last week, obviously getting brushed aside. They didn't make it easy for themselves, though. Um, quite, I, I didn't know the result. I, this morning, watched, watched the highlights after I woke up. Because obviously something kicked off at like two o'clock our time, um, and I said didn't know the score when it was uh, twenty one. It was twenty one. It was twenty one nil. It was like twenty one seven or something or twenty one six. They were uh, they were obviously New York and my team, and I thought, oh, no, this is going to be go get embarrassed last week and then uh, go to the strugglers in the league and then give up there, you know, just bottle it there and get. Sort of yeah, an embarrassing defeat, but no, they brought it back to be fair. Um, Seattle, like they kind of lived off New York's mistakes. I know we, when I spoke about uh, New York against Nola the other week, when they, they got kind of pretty heavy defeat there as well, they tried to play a bit too much. Um, they just, yeah, it was, I mean, and to be fair, actually, Seattle's first try was really early on, actually, it was off first, first phase off a line out, bust up the middle, really good try. I think maybe the journey did was in their legs or something. I don't know because uh, New England, sorry, New York. It took them a few, good few minutes, fifty odd minutes, to really get into the game. They looked sluggish. They, they looked like they weren't at it really. Um, so even say the veterans, Andy Ellis got caught in possession, sort of dillying with it after fielding a kick, and then his opposite number tackles him, knocks the ball out of his hands, and the winger picks up and trots under. You know, for an easy, easy try. Um, it looked like it would be one of those weeks where everything just went wrong, but they, you know, sort of stopped the rot, got it going, and eventually a late kick, late penalty to get them ahead. Um, must have been about three minutes or so to go. Uh, and then a bit of a silly, uh, silly penalty they gave away on literally the last kick of the game, high shot that really they were, Seattle weren't building any momentum. It was, if they'd lost because of it, I don't know who actually was who put the tackle in, but you'd be a bit ashamed of yourself. Fortunately, the kick just drifted wide, um, and that was full time. But twenty three twenty one, and uh, they escaped with four points. Really, New York. So I don't think they deserved it, but happy to see them win. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not too much to say. You've got to go and win your away games. That's what we've said about this division. If you can go and win these cross conference games, if you can go sort of. 50% in this, you've got a really good chance of making your playoffs. So New York have, have ticked off the first first of that. You know, uh, they've got to go and hopefully win at least sort of two or three more of those cross-conference games. They might sneak a, a playoff spot. But that, that Eastern Conference is so tight that, yeah, you, you need these results. And obviously, um, again, Nola winning that game puts the pressure on Toronto. But uh, for, our, for our fans at home, um to round off the, the week, to go through the prediction results. So as we know already, we both predicted an LA bonus point win. So that's one apiece there. Uh, you foolishly went with San Diego. I went with New England. So that puts me 2-1 uh, up there. Um, and referring to the Toronto-Nola game, 
David Nurse, you backed Toronto for a bonus point win down at the Bayou. You never, ever go against Nola down at the Bayou. Your boy Dan Ward's back Nola for the win. Puts me firmly 3-1 up. So irregardless of us both going for a Rooney win, doesn't matter. 4-2 on the, on the night. Big away goals all in there. Big win for me. And just like that, I've taken the title. Who's got the belt now, Dav? Me. I have the belt. And I'm trying to find something on my soundboard to uh, to work for it, but I can't find anything. So I'm just going to have to go with the, the sheer um, gloatiness of my win. And I'm just going to bask in the glory on this bank holiday Monday of supremely giving you a bit of a, a bit of a beating, Dav. A two-clear goal win, that is. It's not a, yeah. a close last-minute win. That is a, a solid win. Well, how do you feel? I mean, it's it's gloomy, is how I feel, like Eeyore. Um, in, I guess, very appropriately as well, the heavens have just opened. It's now raining outside. Um, and that probably is a good reflection of my mood. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I think Toronto let me down. Um, they had the goal, they had the game, the win in the palm of their hands and they've snapped defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Um, I, I, I'm not used to this feeling. Obviously, it's my first defeat in the predictions. Um, yeah. Um, empty. It's an empty bank holiday for me now. Well, all I can say is we... Uh... We went back to the training room after a few difficult weeks. We we lifted some weights. We worked hard. We we sharpened our minds. We read up on some some uh, USMLR stuff. We we got ourselves ahead on the game. We, we did some research, did some practice. Uh, spoke on the phone with Rob Howley about how he plays dice. Took that, brought that into my own game. Developed my uh, my knowledge, and uh, here we go. And, and just like that, we uh, we get the win. And, and you know, I think uh, really important that we we say well done to our competitors. Uh, good effort from them, but just not enough this week. Fucking know yourself, Nursey. You've been done. Have a bit I of that. think it's important, you know, for us to, uh, you know, maybe we needed it. We maybe got a bit complacent and started to rest on our laurels. So, um, you know, it's it's back to the drawing board, I think. You know, we'll, we'll look at this week, we'll, we'll dismantle it and go, what went wrong? What went right? Uh, where where do we go wrong compared to previous weeks? And uh, we can make our, you know, make our improvements that we need to. And uh, you know, I think... We won't beat ourselves at too much, you know. We were never going to go unbeaten, you know. It's just how how it is. Um, you know, guillotines. Yeah, and so I think you know more more rounds next weekend. Uh, full round of fixtures. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's get on to that, man. Let's get on to that because it is Bank Holiday Monday. Not often in England you get a Monday off work, so let's get these rattled. Let's get out of the house. Get some lunchtime beers on the go. Non-alcoholic, of course, but still, the sentiment remains. Shotguns um, and beers and shoots and hoops. Exactly. First up, uh, at the gold mine. so Noel are getting another home game here, so having a good run of home fixtures recently. The Cats are going to Nola. The Cats are going down to the Bayou. It's kind of a bit of a, a dirty south ding-dong, bit of a southern states implosion, if you will, of rugby. Implosion. Uh, Houston Sabre Cats <laughs> yep, going to Nola Gold. The cats looking to bite down on King Creole's neck and firmly shake him to death and then feast upon him, much like a cat would do. Very graphic. Um, this is a tough one for you, surely, because you've just said you never go against New Orleans down in the bayou. And now it's your beloved cats going down to the bayou. Yes, yeah, difficult one. Uh, Houston coming off of, of the bye week uh, and a pretty, you know, 
disappointing they've, they've gone 0 and 2 in recent weeks um you know in high scoring games but nonetheless struggling and nola do do well in those kind of games they they do seem to be able to outpump people in those sort of high scorers so i really don't think you can look anywhere past uh nola to be honest it's it's really difficult um to, to say they're not going to win you could argue that they're going to be tired from this week maybe the emotional energy's dropped a little bit after a, a tough win coming from behind against Toronto but um, yes it's difficult to go against them at home but in honour of my cats I am going to go for a Houston win nice nice and loyal of you again bye week I think they were it's tricky to read how they're going to come off it I think Houston probably the kind of team really needed a bye week and really get a week of good I think those like classroom sessions and be able to focus on that and not have to prepare for a specific game week work Um, on some fucking D yeah, have that, have that entire, you know, raise the intensity, I think, in training a little bit and hopefully be better for it. But I think New Orleans, I'll be buzzing after what was a tough win. Um, they'll, you know, probably get out, get out on the bayou, take a take a, a riverboat out, a few po'boys on the water, um, run away from some crocodiles, well, alligators, not crocodiles. Um, maybe listen to some jazz, have a few parades, you know, the whole New Orleans thing. Uh, I think they'll be in a good mood. I think they'll win. I think convincingly as well. BP for me. Okay. Well, I mean, just based on the air, naturally, it's going to have to be a Houston BP because there's no way a game between these two teams doesn't end up with at least sort of a trillion 10 points. tries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got the AGs at New England. Um, Austin be going really well. They're on a sort of a free game run. First time that's happened in their history. They've come really into their own this season. But uh, looking at New England, obviously themselves in a really strong position, um, you know, just having done their big journey, if you will. So they're back at home this week. Um, they tend to do, they tend to seem to actually do a bit better on the road than at home. They seem to maybe struggle a little bit at home. So maybe a bit of pressure there. But uh, I think for me, looking at it, head thinking about this, I think the heart, you just sort of back Austin to maybe go four and oh, like it just seems like it's maybe meant to be, but I think New England uh, posed them a threat that is just a little bit too strong this week in terms of the run that they're on as well and how well they played this week just gone. So, give me New England, but no bonus point. I, I guess there's another team coming off a bye week. Does it stop their momentum when they've been doing so well, you know, game to game or, you know, how have they treated it? You know, they have a bit of fun. Have they gone back, you know, really working on in training again, looking at it for Austin, I think they you'd like to see them go four and out. New England have been inconsistent. They had a really good performance against San Diego. I look at it, I think I think Austin have been pretty convincing in their wins. I'm gonna go for an Austin win. I, I, I don't think they're a BP team, Austin. I think they are pretty workmanlike when they get those wins. They get the job done. I think Austin are gonna take it though. Pretty it's a difficult away journey, but they've got enough about him. Well, one thing we know for sure, it's going to be a tasty game at Union Point Stadium in New England. So, next up, kicking off at Life University, the uh, the sort of one of the later kickoffs on Saturday. Um, we've got Atlanta travelling to play the Arrows. Interesting, this is a, a return fixture, obviously, now we're on these sort of return fixtures for the conference games. After we've had that, that break in conference, inter-conference play, we're going to sort of the cross-conference fixtures. Atlanta had a pretty solid win against Toronto in Atlanta. The question is, can Toronto turn that around in the return fixture? 
Yeah, it's always that strange thing where it's more or less a home game for Atlanta anyway, because it is in Atlanta. Well, Marietta, Georgia, if you want to be specific, just outside Atlanta. Um, no, Toronto base in Atlanta this year for COVID reasons. You've got to say, I this is we've spoken about Atlanta being that team that just get the job done. Toronto, had they won this week and gone, uh, would it be four in a row then? Had they managed to beat, um, it would have been a tough game as well. And, and they controlled the game in that first half. If they carried that on and, and finished it in a similar fashion and kind of really shut New Orleans out, you'd say Toronto all day long. Uh, they're going to be itching to get back, but I think Atlanta are strong. They've had a bye. Uh, I think I can't look past Atlanta this week. Toronto let me down this week with the predictions. I'm going to go against them this week. Uh, Atlanta for me. Uh, we'll go for we'll go for a BP. I think everyone's got everyone's at home looking to impress the locals. Tries galore. Mm, yeah, I think that you know you posed the real question there. Have Toronto turned it around enough that you know? Because let's be honest, they lost to Atlanta when they were in their in their bad place, if you will, at the start of the season. So the question is, have they turned it around enough to to turn around a kind of result to beat them? <sighs> gut says the gut says no. So at the risk of being a bit of a copycat, I am going to have to follow you, Dave, and back Atlanta uh, for a BP, just because I think, you know, like you said, Atlanta are smooth operators, you know, smooth operator. But um, yeah, and I just think that Toronto just haven't done enough to show me that they can turn around those kind of results. Yes, they've gone on a bit of a win streak, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on the eighth. But I think for for me, Atlanta just looked too good. Um, and as you say, it's not like they're traveling far, so they're going to have plenty of strength. They're not going to be fatigued at all by a kind of journey. So hopefully uh, they'll have some home fans in there as well. So who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, I think comfortable win for, for uh, Atlanta against um, Toronto, just maybe struggling after they found a little bit of form. So last uh, game for Saturday, before we cap off the, the final two fixtures on Sunday, um, it's uh, a game coming from Zions Bank Stadium. It is the Old Glory DC making a bit of a big journey for themselves. That's another cross-conference uh, game, travelling to play the guys in Utah, the Utah Mormons, uh, sorry, the Utah Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think we'll be safe. I don't think, hopefully there's not many Mormons listening to this. Um, Mormons are notoriously understanding people as well, Dave. True. Um, well, I say, I say, hope they're not listening. I hope you, if you are a Mormon, you're not put off by listening. Just don't want to offend. Um, this is a tough one. DC, they look good on their day. A tough journey to Los Angeles, followed by a tough journey to Utah. Um, it's a very picturesque place to go and play. Uh, the mountains around the stadium look glorious. Um, uh, I mean, on the face, I think Utah. I think, I think DC. They are capable of play, you know, playing well in games and doing good bits and flashes. It's hard to judge them off this week. Haven't played Los Angeles away because it's a tougher journey they're going to have. They don't get any easier though with this one. They're good players. They just never seem to quite put an eighty minutes together. So I'm going to have to go for Utah. I think at home, tough place mm. to go. Fresh off a bye, they've got playoffs to chase. Um, yeah, and I think it, it is kind of do or die for DC. I think they're, they're getting to that point where if they keep losing games, they are going to be out, even in that tight Eastern Conference, they're going to be out of the run. 
Um, it's going to be, I think it'll be close, but I think Utah will get over the line. Like traditionally this year, Utah have gone like 33 25 or something to win. So I think it'll be similar BP for Utah. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, can't can't disagree with you, mate. I just think coming off of a game, getting absolutely, you know, everyone's going to get thumped by LA, really. There's only a handful of teams, I think, that can, maybe two or three teams that could compete with them and keep it a close game. I mean, Houston showed that that can happen uh, on their day, but I just think after coming off the back of a really tough game there and having a bit of a bit of a pumping put on you, it's difficult to see anything past Utah winning. You know, they're good at home. They score a lot of points at home and I don't think uh, Old Glory are going to have the fitness to keep up with that. So they're going to struggle to to sort of chase a lead like that, I think. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're missing, I think they're missing real sort of star power, real firepower in that team. So their recruitment's going to have to improve ahead of next season if possible. Um, but uh, yeah, give me uh, Utah for bonus point win at home. So last but not least, it's interesting here, just looking at... Um, the LA Rooney game, which is a very exciting game, by the way. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Just looking at the stadium there, it says to be decided on the venue. So I don't know what's going on there. LA making their first massive journey, traveling to, to New York. Perhaps maybe New York trying to work on getting it in a bigger bigger stadium if fans are allowed in or um, something like that, or just making it a bigger venue in general. I think it's just the case of where is um actually available to play at the minute. I think they kind of I'm not sure if they've got like a home ground sort of officially sorted. I mean, I assume the game is going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure they will find a venue. Um, I don't think there's much in the way allowed of fans. I think when they played the other week, it was like a select, that select friends, family kind of deal. Um, I mean, this is one of them games, I think, a couple of weeks ago, pre-Toronto, You'd say this is the game we all want to see. Can New York at home on the day pull it out and um, and give them a shock after the last two weeks? Bad bad defeat at home as well to Toronto. Um, not ideal. And then to struggle away at Seattle. And Seattle were improved. To be fair, they looked pretty good. But you'd think that you know, like New York's sort of stars not really firing. I think New York aren't in a fantastic place at the minute. So I just think that I think this is the kind of game you imagine it's a pretty pretty big one. I think Los Angeles will bring all the stars out. I think bar any injuries, we will see the likes of you know Gitto, Ashley Cooper, Vandermeer. They're all gonna make sure they're starting, they're not gonna give them even a rest. Um I it's hard to look past a, a Los Angeles win, even as a, a Rooney man. Um I think they're in a bit of a rut at the minute. They probably need a bye week, really, but um, to maybe sort things out. I mean, I say that now, and maybe they'll be proved wrong, and they'll they'll pull out that shock, and this will be like, it'll kick them on to really start firing. Um, so they got the win, but it's the performance that worries me that they're maybe not at the races. Yeah, Los Angeles, bonus point for me. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of the same same scores. I think this week is a little bit more cut and dry than recent weeks. I think, yes, there's a couple of close games, but I think overall you can sort of see who's going to be the winners of these games. I think you can't, you just can't look past LA playing anyone. Um, and, you know, New York might put on a really good performance, but I just, like you said, I don't think they're at the level where they'll beat them. I think at the start of the year, you would have looked at this game and gone, with the team that LA had, you gone, oh, wow, this is going to be a real ding-dong. But I just think now it's... Probably not. I think, uh, yeah, you like to say, New York are struggling to be at the level they need to be at. But uh, 
Yeah, just looking, I've just checked out the home ground actually, so I don't really have too much more to add in terms of the actual game because I think it's pretty cut and dry. But um, their home ground for the for the Rooney guys is listed as MCU Park, which is the home ground of the New York Mets affiliated Brooklyn Cyclones. So you know how they've got like the they're like A League or whatever it's called. Um, so they minor play there. Minor League Baseball. That's it, Minor League. It's quite a nice uh, little stadium, sort of seven thousand capacity. Looks quite cool, but. Um, I'm guessing is baseball season maybe starting. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're looking for somewhere else to play this week, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just because I imagine the, uh, the the baseball probably takes takes precedence. So maybe their COVID restrictions have got to find somewhere else to play. I don't know. Um, we'll probably probably look into that. Really, being the broad professional broadcasters we are, but I don't know. We don't, we don't know much about what the uh, the New York State Legislature says. Um, it's quite a nice stadium, actually, where they are meant to be playing. I'm just not playing there at the minute for whatever reason. It's a very disrupted season, which in many ways, I think, is testament to how like good the league is that it keeps on chugging along. Because I think the previous iterations of an, an attempt at an American Pro League have flopped, and this is still going along quite nicely. So they've got a good good thing going, I think. Um, yeah, hope... We're looking forward to, I think, maybe next year, if not the end of this season, seeing um, you know no restrictions, fans there, especially if we get into playoff time, that'd be really exciting, I think. Mm-hmm. So last but not least for the weekend, and probably in some ways the most interesting game, uh, live from the Starfire Complex uh, Arena, it's going to be the Seattle Seawolves at home against the San Diego Legion. Kind of a... Uh, a west, uh, west Coast ding-dong right along the coastline there. The Legion having to travel up, getting on their carts, rolling much like the Romans would have done back in the day, up to uh, up to Seattle to take on the, the Sea Wolves. Every, everything you just said suggests you don't know an awful lot about ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> rolling up the, the straight roads, the highways. Um, no, but I mean... Yeah, this one's this one's probably the hardest to pick. I think actually looking at it, I know we it's not mentioned Houston versus Nola is quite difficult, but I think you know this one's the hardest to pick because both teams are in a real bad spot. There's no one who, in a way, it's one of those ones where it's harder to pick a winner. It's it'd be easier to say who's going to lose this game, maybe yeah, because because they're both struggling. They both really don't look like they can generate much. Um, you know, San Diego, as I said before, really need to look at. The way they play off of 10 a bit more, it looks a little bit basic, a little bit sort of restricted. Um, and Seattle just obviously have had a really tough season. I mean, they're rowing six or seven as it is now. I can't remember exactly. I think it's 0 and 6, isn't it? But yeah, that they need something desperately this week. And I just, for me, looking at where San Diego were at, the fact they've come off another disappointing home loss there, they've, they've lost a fair few games at home. I think going to Seattle. I think this could be the week that Seattle turn it around and get a win. Um, you know, they, they came close against a decent Rooney side, albeit not playing their best, but San Diego are playing nowhere near their best. So for me, I'm going to back Seattle here to turn it around. They look, they showed me some flashes in that game this week that they can score tries, that they can drag teams into a bit of a dogfight. I think for me this week, they're going to have to drag San Diego into a straight shootout. They're going to say, come here, we're going to go at you. If they can establish some physicality, if they can establish a little bit of control in this game, then I can see Seattle winning. So I'm going to back Seattle for a home win. No BP, just just a home win in a close game. 
Yeah, like you say, it's the interesting one of the round. Um, shame it's a late kickoff, actually, because it's one that I would have liked to have seen. Um, well, late kickoff Eastern time, I think, because it's on the West Coast. It'd probably be like regular afternoon kickoff for them. Um, I think it's. We spoke about last week about San Diego New England. It was kind of a similar fixture where it was a San Diego that are. Um, I guess they're both teams were inconsistent, and it was kind of like that home advantage might have given San Diego the edge, and it turned out to not at all. New England turned up and really played. It's kind of a similar fixture. Seattle, they looked pretty good this week. It's whether or not, I guess, in a game you've controlled for 70 minutes, to then have it snatched away, is it a bit of a gut punch and they're going to... Are they going to be hurting from it? Is that going to, or are they going to take the positives that this is the closest they've come to snatching a win against a pretty good Rooney team? It's hard to call. I think my initial hunch was to go Seattle, but I think it's going to be tight to call. And for the sake of going to different to you, try and pick up that that dub, retain or regain the strap. Um, I go San Diego. I think. I think there'll be points there. I think there's points in both teams. Like Seattle, sorry, San Diego. I say they just get a bit more going, sort of off that kind of first phase. The minute they kind of live off broken play, and if they can just get something going, a bit more control. There are there is talent in that team. Uh, I say Africa is a pretty good playmaker. Obviously, kind of plays that role at 15, but drops into 10 into that first receiver. Uh, Ryan Mattis has been I mean, he's scored a, quite a few on on the win but he came off the bench uh, this weekend he looks like a threat maybe if they start him he seems like a powerful quick runner uh, there's points in this San Diego team so I'm going to go San Diego I'm going to go BP I think it'll be a good game Fair enough I mean yeah it's one of those where it could be this game is on a knife edge it could be like a high score it could be an absolute test match it's uh it's really quite difficult to pick from these two teams because, like you said, they are so inconsistent and they are struggling a wee bit. But uh, I think you know, I just I just like Seattle to turn it around this week. I think this is this is a game that they really have got a target this week. They've got to get in there and then morning meetings t- tomorrow or today, whenever they get back together and go, look, guys, this is one we really, really have to go for because it's a great chance for them to get a win. I think because San Diego are, are struggling, like we said. Um, but that that rounds up all the games. Um, I don't think there's you know been quite a nice standard sort of week of games really you know just some good rugby played this weekend you know we've seen some good rugby over here in the in Europe as well seems like there's been some really good uh, games of major league rugby overall uh, the league keeps trucking on like you said it's, it seems to be really successful it seems to have a good viewership things are moving forward for, for the MLR and it's just it's, yes it's a good product overall I think um, it's growing every week and I think as we get towards the playoffs we're going to see a really exciting end of season product so more power to a MLR and uh yeah I mean looking forward to this week's game some real ding-dongs in there it all rests me and you've gone pretty much the same predictions wise it rests all upon the guys from Seattle and San Diego uh, and the cats going to NOLA so go on the wolves go on the cats do me a do me a solid let me keep the strap for another week let me build the dynasty yeah, so let's go for a last thing, quick rundown of the league tables. And in the West, no surprises, six from six. The Guillotini's miles ahead, 30 points. But uh, basically basically qualified for the playoffs at this point, in, I think in so. principle. At this principle. point. Uh, I mean, obviously, mathematically, they could lose the next 10 games and do nothing. But 
I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, very means prepared. Little change because only two teams uh, or two other teams played. They've lost. Uh, so Austin still in second. Uh, Utah still in third. San Diego are in. Uh, I think they must have been in fourth before, but no points this weekend. Uh, Houston in fifth, but didn't play. And Seattle again, another game, another zero points on the board. Unfortunately for them, seven points, well adrift at the bottom. And Complete contrast to the East, where you can throw a blanket over all of them. A again, a lucky win really for Rooney, but four points is four points. Uh, a four from two—that's a good record. But nineteen points, top of the tree. Uh, Nola again, another team that was sort of snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, they go to nineteen as well. Interestingly, they've got. Um, I think it must be the winning record that has New New York ahead because. They've got more bonus points, more better points difference, but a three-two-one record. That draw on the opening weekend against uh, DC must keep them in second. Toronto disappointing defeat. They played more games than everyone else. Now they're on seven games. Everyone else has played six. Only on sixteen points for them though. Uh, fourth place, New England, a really big win for them. Put them back in playoff contention. They're on sixteen points. Atlanta didn't play this weekend. So they're still on 16 points. They're in fifth. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? It's three points from first to fifth. DC, disappointed defeat for them. They remain on 13 points. But yeah, they're only six points off the playoffs. It's it's so tight over there. And, and you feel that DC are going to pick up wins against the teams who are above them in the in the league. So, or in their conference. It's it, we've said again how every week it seems to be a running theme. It's very tight there. Um, so that is probably the one to keep an eye on it really is a three horse race in the, well a two horse race for the second spot in the west but the east is anybody's game um, so some big games next week uh, it's just I'm looking forward to how it just keeps on moving forward I'm, one thing yeah. I'm not looking forward to is New York versus Los Angeles I think it is going to be Bit of an arse end of an arse kicking for New York. I think they were bad at home against Toronto, and and then you've got the best team in the country coming coming your way. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think you know, looking at those divisions, if you can build any sort of a run, especially in the East, you can have a good shot at the playoffs. That's the important thing now. If a team can win sort of three or four games on the bounce, they might have just done enough to, to qualify and then pick up a couple more wins, but. Uh, as we always say, it's important to win these cross-conference games. So LA, I'm sure, are going to be there looking to, to sort of continue that winning run. And uh, yeah, we'll see how they go. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> thanks a lot for your time, Daf. Really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the listeners as well. You know where to find us by now. But if you don't, check us out uh, at the 99s Rugby on Instagram, as well as at www.the99srugby.com. You can catch us via email at 99s.7s at gmail.com that's sevens with letters as dave loves to letters and reminders so get in touch let us know what you think if you're enjoying the mlr if you're hating the mlr if you've got a, an opinion about something we've said or if one of the teams uh, you you know you really flag for one of the teams give us a shout and we'll uh, we'll love to have a bit of conversation with you maybe even could get a guest on for our mlr show at some point who knows but uh yeah i've been uh, dan he's david this is the 99s rugby podcast enjoy your bank holiday monday if you're in the uk if you're in america Enjoy Monday at work. Peace. Ciao.